Well, good morning. Happy Sunday to you. For those watching online, we want to say thank you. Well, we're starting a series today called Solomon Says. And Solomon, if you don't know, was known as the wisest man to ever walk the earth. Wilson from Home Improvement, always giving Tim the right thing, the right piece of advice. Elon Musk and how his brain is wired to do so many things. And Jordan Peterson, how he has a way with words and formulating his thoughts. Man, none of those guys have anything on Solomon. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at how and what he said in a collection of writings called the Proverbs. And these were written for his son. Now, not every proverb was written by, by Solomon, but think of it like a collection of wise tweets. And for Solomon's son, it was a collection of advice on ways how he could get life right, how he could live life under God's leadership. And Solomon's wisdom came from God. In fact, all of his wisdom came from God. In fact, he... W- became the newly crowned king of Israel, and he prayed for this. He prayed for wisdom. Notice what happens. Notice what happens. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, what would you say? What what would you say? What would you ask God for? If he asked you this, what would you ask for? What, what, What would be the thing that you would ask? Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Like one of the, one of the greatest qualities we typically don't associate with smart, brilliant people is humility. And Solomon had it. And although he had flaws, and we're going to see some of the flaws over the couple of weeks, Solomon showed humility before God. And notice the Lord was pleased with Solomon and what he had asked for. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be... (laughs) anyone like you nor there will ever be moreover i will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings and you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as david your father did i will give you a long life solomon would be the wisest flawed person who would ever live. And his wisdom, and what we're about to read, it comes from God. And so if his wisdom comes from God, it's important to remember that God is timeless and his word is timeless. So what Solomon wrote is helpful for us today. Even though it was written so many, many years ago, it's important to us today. It's helpful for us today. It's as effective as it was then as it is today. And today we're going to be looking at the lie behind the lie. I heard this story. I was reading an article 
And this person wrote in about lies their parents told them. He wrote this, when I was five, I lost my stuffed animal, a white dog in the airport in Miami. White dog, the name of the animal, was my favorite and I was sad about it. A few weeks later, my mom presented me with a brown dog that otherwise looked exactly like the white dog I had lost. She said the workers at the airport had found it, mailed it to us, but he got a tan because he was in Florida. I bought it hook, line, and sinker for a few years. Tan dog is now my son's, and he's a big fan. We can laugh about that story, right? Yet the truth is that we've all lied. Whether it was lying about a stuffed animal getting a tan, or lying about spending habits, or lying about having an appointment that you don't want the person you're married to to know, we've all lied. As we've talked about lying, as we talk about lying, if, if you're anything like me, your initial reaction is like, oh, come on, man, I don't need to hear this. I'm an adult. We're adults like middle schoolers and the kids. They need to hear about this, but I'm good. I don't need to hear about this. Adults don't lie, just kids, right? They, they have the problem with it. Adults don't have the problem with it. Hey, you remember being in middle school and somebody asked you if you had seen a movie and you definitely had not seen that movie yet? but for some reason you lie about seeing it. And then they ask you, hey, what was your favorite part? And then you lie about, hey, the, the, the movie theater was on fire, like we had to go, and so I really missed half the movie. And maybe perhaps you were a kid and your parents asked you to clean your room, then you went to your room, you stuffed things under the bed, you put things in the drawers, and for some reason, instead of actually taking the time to clean your room and avoiding the consequences down the road, you just lie then you get caught and then you have to clean your room up anyways. Now you're in trouble and cleaning your room. Like, lose-lose. Maybe for you, when you were young, you hit your siblings. And your parents were like, you, did you or did you not just hit your brother or sister? No. No, 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 I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I promise, I promise. And then like, they, 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 know, you, they know you well enough and you're like, okay. Well, he did this or she did that. And so I just, I just wanted to end it. They started it. I ended it. Like in those moments, man, did your parents have to work at getting the truth out of you? Or did they just know by looking at you? As parents and teachers and coaches in the room, like we catch kids in lies all the time. And the truth is, maybe you don't want to admit this, but we get really good at it as adults. We get really good at it as adults. And perhaps we've gotten more strategic, we've gotten more slyer, or we've gotten more selfish. Have you ever found yourself bending the truth or maybe changing a detail, adding a detail, or taking out a detail? Like, do you ever bend the truth? Like, we won't call it lying. It's just like we're adding a, a, a detail that wasn't there or we're omitting a detail that doesn't need to be in there because it helps us. It doesn't necessarily hurt someone else. It just helps us. So we bend the truth. We as adults, we lie. And if we're honest with ourselves, we lie about things all the time. And sometimes it's just the little things. Even if something as easy as bending the truth, we are still lying. And here are some questions to process this morning. If we catch kids and kids get in trouble for lying, and we know that it's wrong in kids, then why do we do it? 
Why do we still lie when we know it's wrong? Why do we still bend the truth? Every time we lie, every time you lie, every time I lie, is to protect, preserve, or prolong. And even if it's a white lie, or maybe it's omitting a detail, or maybe it's adding a detail, it's lying. We bend the truth, we add details, we leave them out, and why do we do this? In an effort to protect, preserve, or prolong the things that we care about the most. And for some of us, it's a relationship. For others of us, it's money or a job or a career or ourselves. Protect. Like, you've got a reputation to work, right? You've got a reputation to work and you want to protect it and there's a deadline coming and your boss has made it really clear that it's an important project, but some... Where along the way you dropped the ball. You made a mistake. And now you're not able to meet the deadline. So in an effort to protect your reputation, you lie. To protect your reputation, you lie. Or maybe it's to preserve. You lie to preserve a relationship in your life. Yet if you told your spouse, if you told your fiance the truth, you would get in an argument and it's possible that you may not marry that person. So to avoid the argument, you leave out a big detail. Or maybe for us, we prolong it. You find your people, you find your group, you find your squad, and you feel like you belong. Then as the friend group changes, you find yourself uncomfortable and you begin to pretend to be somebody that you're not. See, sometimes the lie pays off or it works in your favor, but does it really pay off? Does it really work in our favor? See, we're gonna see that our lies feel convenient now, but they will cost us later. They will cost us what we are protecting, preserving, and prolonging. So here's what Solomon as he's filled with God's wisdom, this is what he writes to his son. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The Hebrew culture had a way with words, and the language can be very poetic or figurative, so it's very memorable. But let's look at the second half before the first. Solomon is calling attention that when we lie, it's like starting a timer. Even though we may lie to protect, preserve, or prolong, when the timer goes off, listen— the lie doesn't protect, it doesn't preserve, it doesn't prolong. Lies do not last. You know, lies do not last. Here's a couple things. Lies perpetuate. We all lie to cover up a lie, right? A lie. And then we say a second lie to cover up the first lie. Then a third lie to cover up the second lie that covered up the first lie. So on and so on and so on. You know, have you ever put something in the microwave and you walked away and you completely forgot about it? Or you made cookies, you put them in the oven, you set the timer, you walked away, you forgot about them? That's what happens. Timers tend not to be on the front of our minds. Like we use them, but sometimes we forget about using them. For some of us, we forgot that we told a lie and then all of a sudden we get caught in a lie and so we tell another lie to try to cover up that line. So what we're doing, we're just twisting or we're adding a little bit more time on the timer. But one day it's going to expire. The other thing is lies preoccupy. Have you ever taken a test or an assessment in school? 
I remember taking the SAT is we were on a timer. My thought was on the clock. It wasn't on the questions. See, the objects of our lives don't last either. It's not just the timer on the words that you say. It's not just a timer on the lives you tell. It's a timer on the things that you care about. The things that are built on the lies that you tell, the things that are built on the details you change, those things won't last either. Our lies feel convenient now, but they will cost you and I later. Solomon says that you and I may feel like we're protecting, prolonging, and preserving, but down the road, time is going to run out. And Solomon says, if you think you're protecting, instead you're endangering. If you think you're protecting the relationship or maybe it's the intimacy in your marriage, the trust in your marriage, the closeness in your marriage, you think that you're protecting that by changing some details here or there, you might not even realize that you're doing it, but what you're actually doing is endangering that relationship. He says, if you think you're preserving, you're actually eroding If you think about preserving that reputation you have at work or preserving the character you've worked so hard to develop at work, you're actually eroding it by lying. You're wearing it down and time is ticking. You're going to be found out. You're not prolonging, he would say. Instead, you're shortening. You're shortening. He, He would say, look, you think you're prolonging the time that you have in that friend group, in that relationship? He would say, you're not. You're just starting the timer and the time is ticking down. The time is going to keep ticking until the things that you want to protect are no longer in danger. The things that you want to preserve have been eroded and the things that you wanted to prolong are gone. The timer will keep ticking until this happens. Now let's pivot and look at the first part of the verse. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Truthful lips endure forever. Lies will not add time to the clock while the truth either stops the timer or eliminates the timer altogether. Look, the hard part is putting it into practice. Like we cannot trust that our lies are going to add time to the clock because listen, one time it's going to run out. And the truth, that's what it does. It stops the timer or eliminates the timer altogether. And the hard part of all that is putting that into practice. See, the truth can be painful in the moment, but it pays off in the long run. The truth could be painful in the moment. This is why people say that the truth hurts. Like if an employee actually owns up to his or her mistake, if they accept the feedback, they take the blame, they're able to be developed into an employee that you are going to trust way more down the road than someone that is willing to lie and blame other people. The truth can be really painful in a marriage as it could be hard to speak the truth. But if you step in that pain, and if you accept the fact that it might hurt, there's payoff down the road as you will experience trust and closeness and intimacy on a whole new level. A few months ago, we did this series called Heaven. And the main focus of the series was helping us understand how we view heaven determines how we live here and now on earth. The same applies here. When we focus on the here and now and we trade the long-term consequences for short-term convenience, we forget about 
down the road. We forget about the long term. So we trade our long-term consequences for short-term convenience. That's why we lie. We buy the lie. We buy that lie. We buy into the lie that Solomon is warning us against. So we settle for present, convenient, and easy. And this is the opposite of having Jesus' perspective and mindset. We change the details. We tell a white little lie or we tell a big lie. We buy that it is convenient now and we forget about the consequences down the road. And here's an important truth. You are the only one that can stop the clock and build on truth. I am the only one that can stop the clock and build on truth. I am, and so are you. The best place to start is with asking a question. So I want you to ask this question. This is the question. Where are you tempted to bend truth? So the question I want us to ask ourselves is this. Where are you tempted to bend the truth? Where are you tempted to bend the truth? We all need to commit to telling the truth. We need to commit to building a life of integrity which is built on truth. For some of us, we've been lying for so long that we, we are getting lost in all the lies. For others of us, man, we've been lying to cut corners. We've been trying to get promoted. We've been trying to save a relationship. We've been doing all of these things and we've sort of lost track of all the lies we've shared. Or maybe for some of us, we've added these details to make ourselves look like the hero what would it look like for, for you and I to call a time out and to stop and remember the long-term consequences? You and I, we're building character. We're building our reputation. And we need to build those things on something that will last. And the only thing that will last is our faith in Jesus. We, we, we guys, we have to build into our Jesus-centered identity. So don't, don't lie to yourself. Perhaps for you, you've been lying to God. Guys, that's something that I've done before. And you're like, wow, you're a professional Christian. You you sort of got this all figured out. The truth is, I, I do understand where we need to go. I understand in my life where I need to go. But because of my selfish nature, my sin nature, sometimes I'm not growing like I need to be growing. Maybe you feel like God won't, He doesn't want anything to do with you. He doesn't want anything to do with you. If he he really knew you, he would want nothing to do with you. And so you're lying to God. And that won't last and that can't last because when you approach God with a fake personality, you're building your faith on a house of cards. And so for so many of us, we're afraid to go to God. And so we put on this fake personality that we sort of got our lives all together. We, we look the part, right? We, we look the part. But what we're doing is it's the lie behind the lie. We are living a life of lies. And God doesn't want that from you. He wants you. He wants the real, honest, real life version, genuine version of you. He wants you. And listen, we sing about the grace all the time, that unbelievable, incredible, amazing grace. He has grace for who you are. A great part of our faith is that God loves us enough not to keep us where we are. God will grow you. God will change you. God loves you way too much to let you stay how you currently are. 
But before any of that happens, he wants you. This is an opportunity for us to come clean about who we are. So a couple questions to think about. Why is it hard to admit that we lie as adults? Another question to think about is, how are you the only one that can stop the clock and build on truth? Those are the two questions I want us to think about this week. And I hope that it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Listen, God wants so much more for you than you could ever want for yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to read something written so long ago, but yet is so helpful as it was then as it is today. God, I ask that you would help people to come clean. Maybe they need to confess something to their their, their, their spouse or maybe to their boss or maybe just come clean to you or maybe come clean to their parents or come clean to their kids. I ask that you will make things crystal clear to them, make life so uncomfortable where they just break down and they do what is right. God, I ask that you would bring healing to people. You would bring healing to marriages, healing to relationships. God, remind us that you love us so much that you do not want us to stay the same. You want us to continue to grow deep in our faith and dependence of you. So help us. In Jesus' name, amen.